Hello everyone and welcome to this first episode of SciCast. My name is Simon and today we will talk about NFT and crypto art. What it is, how it works and how you can be part of it. I will try to demystify it and give you a nice overview. But first, before we talk about NFT and crypto art, we have to famili familiarize with cryptocurrencies. Normally, you should have heard of Bitcoin, Ethereum, or even the fancy Dogecoin. So Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, which means it's also a currency, but it doesn't work like a regular money. It is not attached to a state or a government, so it doesn't have a centrally issuing authority or regulatory body. That means that there is no organization deciding when to make more Bitcoin, figuring out how many to process, keeping a trace of where they are and investigate the, the fraud. So how does Bitcoin work as a currency or have any value at all? Bitcoin is an, isn't a string of data that can be duplicated. A Bitcoin is part of a huge global ledger called the blockchain. So you're gonna ask me, what's the blockchain? If we stick back a little bit in time, like two or three hundred years ago, and even before, When you wanted to make a transaction with someone, you would face the person with who you wanted to make a trade or make an exchange. In a practical example, if I have, if I have peers inside my basket and I want to get, for example, fish, I can make a trade with someone and we are the only one responsible for that. But as you can see, it's pretty local. When we wanted to send money across two towns or even countries, we, we don't do it by ourselves. Most of the time, We go to the bank to make a deposit to another account and you will have some fees and so on. In the end, you are not making the transaction from one person to another and sometimes you have even more middlemen involved. The blockchain is working almost as the old-fashioned way. You don't have middlemen during your transaction. You are transferring money from one account to another. So when doing a transaction, you are actually editing the blockchain directly. While the idea that anyone can edit the blockchain might sound risky, it's actually what makes Bitcoin trustworthy and secure. In order for a transaction block to be added to the blockchain, it must be ver verified by the majority of all Bitcoin holders. And the unique codes used to recognize users' wallets and transactions must confirm to the right encryption pattern. Okay, so we demystified the Bitcoin and the blockchain a bit more and we see more or less how it works. We could go deeper, but it's not the main subject of this podcast. If you are interested, I can make another one specifically about cryptocurrency and the blockchain. Now, let's take a little bit of time to speak about art and how the art auction and system works. Everyone knows Monet or Van Gogh. There are famous artists who made famous pens which are sold across the world. Mostly, they are sold during auctions, where a lot of people gather and give their best bits to own a piece of art. When people are buying art, they become the owner of it, and they can do whatever they want. They can expose it in their living room, lend it to a museum, burn it, or even speculate on it to resell it in the future. In the last option, Art collectors are mostly investors that bid on the increase of the value of the art they acquired. But as you can see, we are talking about physical objects. We are not talking about art that is digital, and this is where NFT and crypto art join the game.
So what is NFT? NFT stands for Non-Fungible Token. Wow, that's quite impressive, isn't it? Fungible means something that can be replaceable by another identical item, something mutually interchangeable. So this means that NFT is a token that we can't reproduce. It's impossible to duplicate. It's the same as Bitcoin, you can't duplicate a Bitcoin. You can view an NFT as a certificate of authenticity. Similarly to a limited edition of your favorite figurine or the signature of an artist on a piece of art that was authenticated by someone. The NFT is a proof of ownership of a piece of digital art. This certificate of authenticity is tied to the artist who made the art. Because of the blockchain, no one can resubmit a piece of art that doesn't belong to them. Also, that means that no one can really remove the token because it's part of the blockchain and every transaction, as said before, are recorded. So what can you sell as an NFT? Well, almost any kind of digital art. It can be an image, a video, a GIF, a sound, or even a tweet. The possibilities are almost endless. The only thing that you need to have is the ownership of the piece. You can sell the art of someone else. It's like with physical object. You just can't. It's a property of someone and it's like stealing to someone. I mean, if you have like a Van Gogh or a Monet in your own living room, you can say, okay, you know what? I did it, it's mine. I'm not only the owner, but also the artist behind it. That's the same with NFT. Okay, so how does that work? How do you create those tokens and how are those art related to them? As said earlier, in the Bitcoin part, people are mining Bitcoin, but for NFT, we are minting. Minting is defined as the computer process of validating information, creating a new block and recording that information into the blockchain. This means that it's the process of controlling how blocks are created and how data is added to a block. To summarize, you create a token that will represent your art by minting it. Because you are using computer to process that, it will cost a little bit of money. That means that even before putting something on the blockchain, you will need to provide a little bit of money. That money is called gas fees. It takes a bit of time, but when it's done, boom, it's on the blockchain for everybody. Now that we all have the technical information that we need, let's speak about how we can sell our art and how it works. So to sell art, it's like in the physical market. You create an auction. That auction can last a day, a month, or even more. When that auction is over, the highest bid wins the token and that person or collector is becoming the owner of the art. As a collector, you can do different things. Keep the token for you and expose it. This means that you can tell to anyone who like to hear it that you are the owner of a piece of digital art. It's the same as for physical object, but the major difference is that you don't have it in your hands. It's digital. Some people really like an artist and they like to support them by buying its art. On the other side, you can speculate on it. It means that you are buying it to resell it in the future, like for a real piece of art. 
But it's a huge bet on the future and on the potential of the artist. Does the artist will succeed? Does the artist is interesting enough to put some money on it? Those kind of questions doesn't really have an answer. It's the time and the potential that will answer that question. A Monet or Van Gogh has value because people are willing to put a value on it. For some people, a piece of art is worthless and for other people, the object has value. This is exactly the same with crypto art. But there is a difference between crypto art and regular art in terms of speculation. So in regular art, when you are buying a piece of art, you become the owner of it and you can resell it, it as you wish. When reselling it, you are the only one who receives the credit of it. It means that as an artist, you receive nothing from it. The relationship between the collector and the artist doesn't really exist. On the other hand, inside crypto art, the relationship between the collector and the artist is really different. When a collector is reselling a crypto art, the artist is receiving an amount of the transaction as royalties. In general, this percentage is around 10%. This means that every time the piece of art is moving from one collector to another collector, the artist is receiving 10% of that amount as royalties. This means that the collector and the artist have a different relationship because they both want to succeed. The collector wants the artist to succeed to make the art valuable. And when we say valuable, we say more than when they got it. The artist wants the collector to succeed too, because if the collector succeeds, that means that the art is also getting more value. As you can hear, the way the art is sold is different than with physical objects. One of the other difference is that the art is digital. It means that compared to physical art, which needs to be moved and exposed and so on, the digital art is there. You don't need to expose it, it's available to anyone, and doesn't need to be moved. That means that you can resell it really quickly. In one day, it can move to 10 different person because of its availability. And in the end, the artist will also get the royalties on these dif 10 different transactions. As said before, it looks more like a win-win situation than only one person who is making profit. To give you some example, lately the artist Beeple Mike Winkelmann made one piece of art that is a composition of his 5,000 pieces of art he made every day for the last 13 days. Go check his Instagram, it's crazy. He has sold this piece for art for almost 70 million dollars. He is the third most valuable living artist in the world right now. So one concern that gravitate around NFT is that it's bad for the environment. The more we talk about NFT and more people are concerned about what's the impact on the environment. But the real problem is not the NFT itself, but mostly the way how cryptocurrencies and the blockchain is working. The electricity energy to make running the blockchain and to do all the computing is across the world equivalent to the consumption of electricity of the Netherlands. That can mean a lot regarding the consumption of a country, but a big part of the blockchain electricity is made with renewable energy and it's becoming more and more the case. Currently, cryptocurrencies are using proof-of-work algorithm. 
It's a mechanism that is used to find consensus between many nodes within the network and use it as a way to secure the blockchain. However, the proof-of-work algorithm works by having every node solving cryptographical puzzles. This puzzle is solved by the miners and the first one to solve it gets the reward. It leads to people having larger and larger mining farms across the world. This means that the more material and node you have, the more reward you will be able to have. The higher the ashes you solve, the higher the chance you get the minor reward. To increase the chances to get rewards, people are gathering together as mining pool. That means that a lot of power is used, but also that the blockchain is becoming more and more centralized because of those mining pools, which goes against the decentralized purpose of the blockchain. A new way of handling it is called proof of stake. Instead of having a race against everyone, which leads to the biggest to have most of the time the reward, the system will elect a node randomly on the chain to validate the next block. Instead of minor, we call them the, them validators. To become a validators, you have to make a small deposit into the network as a stake. You can think of it as a security deposit. The size of the stake determine the chance of validating the next block. So, thinking as a, an example, if you put 100 euro and your friend is putting 1000 euro, that means that your friend will have 10 more times chances to mine the next block. It looks like it's not fair, but actually it's fairer than with the proof of work algorithm. The big sharks that put a lot of money got more chances, but the small ones still got chances. In terms of consumption, the proof of stake requires a smaller machine because it's not your calculation power that makes you having a part of the cake. And in the end, it's more decentralized. For your information, the first blockchain like Bitcoin and Ethereum and so on are still on proof of work and some are on proof of stake. Ethereum in its new version is evolving to the proof of stake. So as you can see, solution exists regarding the energy consumption and people are working on it to make it more efficient, fair and secure. Also, I'm a little bit curious to know the electricity consumption of the banking system right now to have a comparison to this. So what's my opinion on the crypto art and NFT and so on? Well, I think it's a good idea. I think the digital art uh, need those kind of systems. Um, I'm pretty sure in the future it will be something that we will see widely across the across internet. Um, I think for digital artists it's also a way to make a living of it. But um, regarding the situation of the cryptocurrencies and all the volatility of it, I don't know if it's the best to have all of the egg in the same basket. But in the end, uh, the artists will be much more recognized. Uh, they can have a little bit of money from the art. They can resell it. Uh, art collector can also have uh, digital art in their wallet. And I think it's good for everyone. Doesn't really hurt someone or something in the world right now. I mean... Of course, there is these environmental issues that they have to tackle. But um, for me, it's probably one of the 
best way to sell your own digital art um, I think artists will be more and more famous be because of those uh, NFT I know that some people are making fun of uh, like people making NFT from tweets or just like some dumb shit on the wall or like just some the, the, the smallest thing that I have or whatever but I know that some artists are like really giving it everything trying to make a little bit of money and doesn't hurt someone around here in my opinion um, in the end it's only the art collector and the artist who got a relationship who just transfer money from one place to another and that's their own money they just do whatever they want I mean no one like can refrain you to have this fancy figurine that you like like in a limited edition uh, on your wall or even on just your desk that's your own uh, way to do it and I think it's the same with NFT the only concern that I have is more like the volatility of the cryptocurrencies and because maybe one day you will sell an art for like a thousand euro, ten thousand or hundred and thousand euro, maybe more. But in the end, it's going to be the same with uh, physical art. You know, like when you're selling something that is physical, maybe one day it's going to worth thousand euro, maybe the next day 20 million. And then in the end, maybe like zero. So that's going to be only the people who want to buy it or people who want to sell it that will like make the value of the art. I don't know if it's going to be something like just ephemer, uh, something that just going to be here like for two or three years or maybe less or even maybe more. Uh, in my opinion, I think it's going to be more than that. I think it's going to stay like for cryptocurrencies and uh, people were saying, okay, you know what, the Bitcoin won't continue. It's going to be a fail and so on. And people are telling it since it started. But in the end, it's here, f like it's been like 12 years or something. Uh, and it's going to stay and people are enthusiastic about it uh, to have those kind of cryptocurrencies. Uh, so I think the art will stay, I don't know for how long, but I'm curious to discover that because there is a lot of potential and uh, people are more and more uh, enthusiastic about it. There's like NFT selling every day now and it's not like just a fancy thing. So let's see where it goes, where it's stamp and uh, yeah, that's it. So... Um, that's it for the NFT, that's it for the crypto art, and that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of SciCast. In the next episode, we will talk about how video games shaped me as a human. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss the next episode. Take care of yourselves, and see you soon!